Have you ever noticed that one of the most difficult things to do is to stop thinking negatively? I mean, you try your best, but it seems like your mind is on autopilot bound to negative thoughts. Well, my promise to you is that this episode is going to provide you at least one key to help you reverse the damaging cycle of negative thinking and to help establish you and your mind in a new level of peace. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Behold Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I'm the founder of Every House, a missional church network, the senior pastor of Abundant Grace Church, and the TV host of The Miraculous Life. If you or someone you love needs healing in their life, this podcast is for you because it's filled with interviews, testimonies, and teachings to help equip you with a strong biblical understanding of how to release God's power and anointing in your life. I'd love to welcome you and invite you into the Be Healed podcast community. So be sure to text the word healing anytime on your phone to the number 94000 to get connected to our ministry and make sure you follow this podcast so that you are able to not miss any teaching that's going to help build your faith. It's going to bless you. Share it with a friend. Let's get ready to listen to how to reverse and overcome negative thinking in our life. Okay, here's the thing. Negative thinking is experienced by just about everyone, but the vast majority of people think it's normal or that it's just something that we need to deal with. And I'm here to tell you today that God loves you and God did not make us to be tortured with negative thoughts every day. It's time to break the cycle. And God has provided not only his love, but his power and his wisdom to be able to do it. And the instruction for how to do this is found in God's word, the Bible. And so we're going to go to the Bible and we're going to look at what it says about breaking the, the, the turmoil of thinking negatively and having it consume our lives. Now, this is a very big topic and the Bible speaks so frequently about how to overcome negative thinking, but I'm going to go over three keys or three pieces of instruction that the Bible gives that will help us to put an end to negative thinking. Now, just to give you an idea, though, about how common uh, this is and how pervasive or big this problem is, I want to tell you about a uh, medical research uh, project that was conducted by the University of Maryland in their School of Medicine. It happened in 1985, and they showed uh, that the internal and external dialogue, in other words, the things that we're either thinking or saying, that, that they significantly affect a person's blood pressure, the health of their hearts, and it actually alters the biochemistry of individual tissues at the farthest extremities of our bodies. In other words, what we're thinking and saying is impacting all the cells in our body. In fact, every thought we think elicits a chemical reaction in our body. 
So this is a big thing because if we don't get a hold of our thought life, it's going to continue to hurt and do damage to even our physical bodies. Now, let's just dig in a little bit to a a study that was done in 2005 by the National Science Foundation. They published an article regarding research about human thoughts that happen throughout the day. And they discovered that the average person has about 12 to 60,000 thoughts per day. And of those, 80% are negative. But listen, it gets worse. 95% of those thoughts are exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the day before. Now, I did the math. This means that in one year, the average person thinks as many as 16.6 million negative thoughts per year. Now, in a 10-year period of your life, in a decade, this would mean you would be thinking upwards of 164 million negative thoughts. How do you think that's affecting your mind, your body, your marriage, your job, your destiny, your work for the Lord? It's time we break the cycle. And I want to tell you that God is behind you. Remember, he has given us the power, his love, and the wisdom to do it in his word. Now, like many of you, I've struggled with negative thinking before, and I was heavily bound to oppressive thoughts. In fact, for a period of my life as a boy, I suffered with obsessive compulsive disorder, commonly known as OCD. And I want to tell you that when I became a Christian, when I became born of the Spirit, and I began to learn the wisdom of God's Word, it destroyed, I mean, it destroyed those patterns in my life. I went from being a, a, a terrible worrier with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear, and again, thinking a lot of oppressive uh, OCD thoughts to becoming free. And this has been the case for now many, many years. And I'm thankful to the Lord that the wisdom of his word created freedom in my life. It's done it for many people and it's going to do it for you. So I hope you're ready. Grab a notebook, uh, get ready to take some notes so that you can go back, read these verses in the Bible, and you can even begin to journal about the things that you're going to hear. Okay, get ready. Here we go. It's number one. The first thing that God is telling us to do is to cast our care upon him. This verse is found in uh, Peter's first letter, chapter five, verses five to seven. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Listen, the Bible is clear that Jesus Christ in John 14, 27 has given to us his peace, but we're going to have to cast our cares upon him. This is something that we do. This is something that the Bible says 
that you take the thing you're worried about, take the thing that you're being negative about, and cast it toward God, upon God, upon Him. The picture is of a fisherman in the biblical times literally throwing a net, and they would take this net and they would throw it, they would cast it, they would fling it as far and as wide so the whole thing would open up, and it was just this utter shedding of these thoughts. And and God is saying, listen, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So this is something that I will sometimes uh, go and pray and I will name these negative thoughts. I will name these negative patterns. I will take these anxieties. I will take these perspectives of being negative and I will say, Jesus, I don't want them. I cast them upon you and I'll name them and I will be specific about it. And I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. Take action with what the Bible says. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Know that he is mighty, that he is strong, that he is the lover of your soul. And he is saying, cast your care upon him for he cares for you. And so name them and cast them. Don't hold them. This is one of the greatest keys about overcoming negative thoughts. It's that you are releasing to God the thought patterns and you are releasing to him the things that you think, the the perspectives that you hold. And you're saying, God, I'm giving them to you. I humble myself under your mighty hand. And that gets us ready for the next key. And that basically is, well, God, if I'm getting rid of my thoughts, my negative thoughts, and I'm casting my care upon you, the next thing is to receive the peace of God. Yes, it says in John chapter 14, again, verse 27, Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. To you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, the Bible is describing that we need to receive the peace of God. I want to tell you, the peace of God is not the absence of trouble or the absence of a problem. It isn't the thing where, well, I don't have anything challenging going on in my life, so therefore I have peace. No. The peace of Jesus is is so strong and so powerful. The the book of uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4 says that it surpasses understanding. It's a supernatural peace. And it's something that says, God, I receive what you are giving to me. I've received you, Jesus, as the Son of God. And now I'll receive your peace that you have given to me, not like the world gives to me. So therefore, I will not let my heart be troubled and I will neither let it be afraid. This is a decision that's made by each person. It's something that happens intentionally. You do it on purpose. You receive his peace on purpose. You receive it by faith. And you, you declare, God, I've cast my care upon you and I receive your peace. And I just want to tell you that receiving his peace is not just theoretical. It's real. And I have encountered uh, so many times when fear has come and, 
and I begin thinking negatively in old patterns, and I'll begin to receive the peace that God has given. And the grace of God leads us into this place of of supernatural rest. And what do you think happens when you're at peace? What, What happens to your thoughts? Well, they become established. When you're operating in the peace of Jesus Christ, your thoughts automatically begin to shift. They automatically begin to change. And the patterns of your negative thoughts, really rooted in deep fears and doubts, become established. So in key number one, we made a decision to cast these thoughts, cast these cares, cast these anxieties upon God. But in the second key of receiving the peace of God, we're understanding that we're going after not just the symptom, the negative thought, but we're going after the root problem of fear, doubt, and anxiety. Because when we receive the peace of Christ, everything else will flow. Now, inside of this, the peace of Christ leads us to begin living our life and thinking through our life and making decisions in our life that are going to be in agreement with God's love and care. And this is why when we're receiving the peace of Christ, we're going to, we're going to start to be making better decisions. <laughs> and, and it's, it's so important to begin living with the wisdom of God. You see, living in the peace of God is beginning to live in an environment where I can hear him. I can understand his word. I can begin to reorient my life around, here it is, obedience. The grace of God is going to lead me into the peace of Jesus Christ, which is going to shepherd me into the mind, the will, and the instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why repentance and making the right decisions and committing your life to Jesus is going to have a tremendous uh, effect on your thought life. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Now, you should highlight this, underline it, circle it, write it 20 times on a piece of paper until you get it because it's so powerful. This is what it says. It says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Yeah. The wisdom of God is saying that our thoughts are the fruits of other things in our life. And so the grace of God is going to establish the peace of God, which is going to assist us listening to the instruction of God's word, which will establish us in obedience in wisdom, in the fear of the Lord, in repentance, and committing our works to the Lord. Your thoughts are going to change as you begin to live according to God's word. And listen, let me speak boldly and directly. There's so much sin in our lives, and we don't realize the havoc it's causing on our thought life. As you commit your whole life, everything you do to the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience, you are going to see a level of peace that that grows in your mind and in your body that you've never experienced before. And as you are flowing in obedience and the grace of God, which leads you to repentance, that's in Romans chapter two, verse four, you're going to see that your thoughts become established And this is so powerful because a lot of people don't realize that the things they're doing 
in their life counter to God's instruction are really destroying the health of their thought life. Okay, a lot of things to share about that, but I'm going to move on to key number three, and that is to resist the enemy. Now, for those people who may be listening to that, you may be saying, well, who's my enemy and what does it mean? I don't think I have enemies. Well, the Bible is very clear throughout the word of God that we do have an adversary and that adversary is not human. That adversary literally is the devil. And the Bible describes that this adversary is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We can find that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 to 10. I'm going to go ahead and read that because it's very clear and it will help you. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So the Bible is describing that we do have an enemy, that enemy is the devil, and he is seeking to destroy. John chapter 10 verse 10 says that the thief doesn't come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's speaking about the devil. Even Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, which was a very uh, established church and and one that he spent a lot of time training the the people there. And he says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it describes in chapter six, a series of pieces of armor that are all symbolic of spiritual things to protect ourselves and to resist the enemy. I want to tell you that you are not just thinking negative thoughts haphazardly. The enemy sends thoughts, doing his best to plague your mind. Many people have heard the expression, the battlefield of the mind. Well, there's an enemy on that battlefield, and that enemy is the devil. And he sends fiery darts to us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You see, a negative thought is like a fiery dart because it's not just the tip of the arrow that does the initial damage, but the fire on the tip of that arrow begins to consume the whole body. Well, a negative thought is like that, isn't it? First, we feel that piercing, that pain, that, that flopping of our stomach, that fear that comes with that thought. But then that thought continues to grow and grow and grow in the negative thought fills our mind and then it overcomes everything and it brings destruction. Well, the Bible is telling us that we need to resist the enemy. Listen to James 4, 7. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So in the first key, we looked at this idea of casting all this care and all these negative thoughts upon God so that we can get rid of them. And then two, we discussed this idea of receiving God's peace, but we have to be in a offensive and defensive spiritual posture that says, well, when the enemy tries to fill me up with negative thoughts and fears, we're going to resist them. I can't tell you, this may seem practical, but we have to stop agreeing with the thoughts that the enemy is giving to us. 
We can do this. You have the ability to do this as a child of God. You can say, I choose to not think those thoughts. I take authority now and I declare I will no longer choose to agree with those thoughts. I am free. You can begin to declare in prayer that you are free, that you are not bound. You are not a slave in your mind. And you could declare that to that enemy that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of a love and of a sound mind. That verse is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Yes, you and I have weapons. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, beginning, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen now, it goes on to describe this. This is going to help you. It says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Wow. Remember that the average person thinks between twelve to 60,000 thoughts per day? Well, God is saying, let's bring every thought into the captivity of obedience of Christ. This means we need to declare, enemy, you cannot rent space in my mind anymore. You cannot plague me. You cannot keep me bound. I'm a child of God, and I resist the negative thoughts. How do you do this? Well, one, you do this in prayer. You actually declare it. You actually make declaration that says, enemy, I denounce, I renounce, and I reject these thoughts that you've just given to me. I do not grab them. They will not take root in my mind. My spiritual father said to me that a bird will fly, and if he has no place to land, he will leave and seek rest somewhere else. Negative thoughts are like that. If they can't land in your mind, they will fly away. They're looking for a place to rest and give them no place in your mind to rest. Reject them. Secondly, you can begin to meditate and fill your mind with the word of God. The word of God is not a a natural word or a philosophy or theory. It's literally a a power-filled heavenly inspired word that literally will change what you think. Literally just reading the word of God and filling your mind and heart with God's word is going to replace the negative thoughts and patterns in your life. I will tell you, I testify of this. I'm telling you it's true. And many millions of others have testified of this. Paul wrote the Philippians and he said this in Chapter 4, verse 8, he said, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue in it, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Yes, we resist the thoughts of the enemy by replacing them with the word of God. These three things have the potential of being life-changing. I packed a lot of information in this podcast episode. 
But I believe that if you go back, and I want to challenge you, listen to this one, two, three times. Take note and begin to act on what it's teaching. It's going to change your life. But the first step is to receive Jesus. The first step is to believe that he's the son of God, that he's the king of kings because he is the source of peace. Would you tell him now? Would you, would you receive him as the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the son of God, who died for you, who bled for you? Receive it. He's going to bring healing to your mind. He's going to bring rest to your soul. And he, through his word, is going to give you a whole new thought life. And it's going to make all the difference in your life. Well, Father, I pray for each person listening. And I pray that each one will receive a major shift in their thought life. And that they will experience the rest, the peace, and the life that comes from meditating and thinking on what you say. Father, I thank you for the touch of your grace and love in their life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, I pray this has been a blessing to your life. And again, I want to offer to you a chance to be part of our healing community, the Be Healed podcast community. Just text the word healing to 94000. And you'll also receive a free PDF with verses speaking about your identity. We've been having that run for a while because knowing your identity in Christ is vital to receiving and standing in his healing power. I love you. God bless you. Make sure you check our website out, everyhousenow.org. And we look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel, just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.